The Youthscape Podcast. I'm very excited to be doing another edition of the Youthscape Podcast. Can I just say, Martin, you always say I'm very excited in a really unexcited voice. Do I? Like nothing about your body language or your demeanour. You're sat slumped in your chair, like, 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 where am I? And then I don't believe you. So I'm sorry, I don't believe you're excited. Well, we've started now. So that is the intro you're getting. Oh dear. I am excited. I'm pleased that we're going to be doing another one of these. Uh, No, no, I am. No, no, no. I am really, because we've got a great guest today. And also, uh, we were just telling funny stories to each other. We were. We should just do that. We should just tell some funny stories. So So off air, we were showing a few of our comedy stories. We're both parents of little ones, so apologies if this feels a little bit like self-indulgent. This is like scrolling through Facebook and looking at other people's children, isn't it? Yeah. So the stories that we can share. So my daughter is five. When she was about three, um, you know that thing in church where the kid's pastor or the church leader says, come to the front and tell us what you've been doing over the summer. So my little daughter, who just suddenly thought, yeah, I'll go. So she ran to the front before I could stop her. And uh, the lady bent down and gave her the microphone and said, so what, what have you been doing? And, and my husband's a curate of the church and I'm, I'm, the, I'm the youth work volunteer. So we've got a bit of like profile in the church. The church knows us quite well. And uh, so what, what have you been doing then uh, over, over the summer, Daisy, age three? And Daisy says into the microphone, me and my friend Clara, we went clubbing. And there was absolute silence. And Jason and I were like, clubbing? And then we realised they've gone crabbing, like, to find crabs. They were shouting, crabbing, crabbing, not clubbing. Wow. The entire church looks at us, at judges us thinking, wow. for taking our daughter clubbing. Anyway, love yeah. it. Only happens to a youth worker's kid, hey? That's it, exactly that. I was, uh, so I was, uh, I was naked <laughs> uh, in, my, in my bedroom. And uh, as all good stories begin, yes. And uh, my my, I was just getting changed, getting ready for yeah. the day, and I was in that in between getting dressed stage, having had a shower. And uh, it's just too descriptive. It too descriptive. We all know about getting dressed. Okay, it's you understand right. what it means. We, we know what that I've, means. I've drawn the picture for you. So my three-year-old has started to interact with technology. It's amazing watching three-year-olds mm. interact with touch mm-hmm. screens. Mm. It's terrifying, really. And uh, and so he had got hold of my phone, which had been by my bed. And I didn't realise he'd begun to learn how to take photographs. And not only that, but by random keystroking, no. uh, he had... No, he, he had, broke the internet. He, he, he did nearly break the internet. Oh. So I caught, I literally caught a photograph of myself in just an image, an image that no human ever needs to see. Uh, getting ready. And know. it wasn't blurry. It was actually oh, It was static. HD. It was HD clear. Uh, and it was going onto Facebook. It was uploading onto Facebook, and I, oh, I just saw it out of the corner of my eye uploading, and I realised what he'd done, and what, I stopped it. What would Christian today say? What, what would, would, what would Christians around the globe have said? What would your poor mum say? That would have been my, that would have been my, um, my, my Watergate scandal. That would Anyway, so we're sure, dear listeners, that you must have multiple stories of hilarious things that happen. So please share them with us. Otherwise, Martin and I end up feeling that we just live in this strange pseudo world and we're trapped in this tower with odd things happening in our lives. But wonderfully, a little while ago, one of you reached out to us. Oh, yeah. Out of the, uh, the mists between Luton and the rest of the world sometimes. And uh, from Pool, lovely Viggy. Vicky. 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 <laughs> Vicky. <laughs> 
lovely Vicky Pickett-Genge. And Vicky, we are so glad that you got in touch with us. And uh, because you got in touch with us, we said, come on, quick, jump on Skype. We want to chat to you and find out what you're doing, what is youth ministry looking like in your area. And uh, it was a great conversation. So uh, let's have a listen to what our conversation with Vicky was like. The Youthscape Podcast. So, Vicky, you are, is it youth worker, youth pastor? What's your title? Um, youth and children's pastor. Ah, so Vicky, you're youth and children's pastor at the Beacon Church in Poole. And uh, Martin and I, I think in one of our early podcasts, early said, uh, why don't you get in touch with us and chat with us? And you did. You dropped us an email. Yeah. So we thought, <laughs> well, why don't we just do a little interview with you and find out what your day's like and what's happening in Poole and, and what children and youth ministry is looking like and, and how you do that job. So is that okay? Yeah, sounds great. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about what does that mean for you then? You're a children's and youth pastor at the Beacon Church in Poole. What does your day-to-day look like? What have you been up to? Um, well, crazy. <laughs> like every other youth and children's pastor ever, I reckon. Um, so I'm responsible, technically, for all the noughts and nineteens um, work and pastoral stuff and the teams that that involves. So various stuff, really. So toddler groups, mums and toddlers, Bible studies, youth groups. We've got uh, three different evening youth groups. Um, we've got evening football groups. We've got, um, as I say, toddler groups and Bible studies and that kind of stuff. So it's all a bit crazy, really. And, and you've talked but there no. about doing um, uh, toddler groups and teenage football groups. What, what, yeah. are, some, what are some of the sort of uh, positives and negatives of working with that wide an age range? Because we often, uh, we're a bit sniffy sometimes about, you know, people moving beyond the very specialist kind of teenage years. Obviously, you... You are doing children, young people, and to some extent their families. So what are some of the positives and what are some of the tensions? The positives are that it's amazing when you get to journey with a child from being a toddler into one of perhaps the children's groups and vice versa from the children's groups into the youth groups and then into the church potentially. Um, And again, the relationships that you can build with the families are huge. So I've got one girl who, when I came, was only kind of 10 and is now um, nearly 16. And so the relationship I've got with her mum is immense. So when we've got stuff going on at church, we can invite her and that's a really natural thing. Um, The parents come to us with prayer requests for their young people or, you know, they feel really confident at knowing who we are and what it is that we offer. The challenge is you have to know what it is that you are good at and what your limitations are so I am great with toddlers and I'm great with youth groups and stuff like that but put me to just play football and that's not my thing (laughs) you know I've got a really good tactic where I run towards the football and then say oh no no you get it (laughs) so no one really wants me on their team um but knowing my team means I know who in my team are incredible at football um and so yeah, so it, those are the challenges really about knowing my weaknesses as well as my strengths, but therefore knowing my team strengths, mm. you know, and playing that together. And I guess really, Vicky, as well, with that broad age range that you're ministering to, I guess you need quite a big army of volunteers around you. Does it, it, how do you find that sort of raising people up to be getting involved in these specific projects? Yeah, so we're really fortunate in that in our church, we've got lots of people who are willing and able and ready to get involved of all ages. Um, So yeah, we've got a massive team of different people and each team's got its or each group's got its own team. Um, And I think that's one of the other challenges is helping 
people who don't necessarily see that they have a gifting um, to see that they do and recognizing that everybody has something to offer. So, for example, in one of our teams, um, we've got a 15 year old girl who's doing a Duke of Edinburgh kind of a um, kind of community service thing and a retired lady who comes and helps and does craft. And actually everybody in that team has something brilliant to offer and the team couldn't function without them. You know, and the young people love both ends of the spectrum just as much as we do. There's a real, there's a real opportunity for continuity, isn't there, Marta? I'm just thinking about, actually, you've got one person that's overseeing this whole journey, those transitional points in children's mm. life where sometimes in churches we don't pass the baton on particularly well, mm. I can imagine that really mitigates against that, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think, I think that's more and more what we're seeing. So on the one hand, we're seeing more investment now in transitions work. So youth workers and children's workers uh. working together over the, trans the key yeah. transition period, particularly primary to secondary school, we see that massive drop-off because suddenly engaging with church as a young person looks completely different. Um, but also, we've yeah. talked about this before, more of the coordinator role that you're talking about here. This feels like a positive way forward to really empower an army of volunteers to deliver far more than you could as the all-singing, all-dancing hero youth worker. Does it feel like yeah. that, Vicky? Does it feel like a role that's manageable? Or does it feel like it's one of those that it has always got unfulfillable expectations with it? Um, well, I think both. I mean, I totally and utterly love it. And I am completely confident in what we do and what we offer. And thinking about the transition period, what we did with our groups about two years ago is we moved the boundaries. So rather than having all young people and children having the change, everyone doing everything, changing it at the age of 11, we actually moved it. So our, our youth groups all switch a year early. So our young people progress in year six to stop that drop off. And that's had a massive impact. Um, but one of the things that we've done as well is that we've come to realise that we can't be all things to all people. We've had to have, you know, that with our oldest youth group, as we see nationally, we are our numbers are lowest at our top end. And I think it's hard to not play the numbers game, but it is you realise that you can't, there are going to always be bits that you miss, but it's focusing on the bits that you can pick up and that are reasonable to pick up and the mm. things that are reasonable to actually do. Brilliant. Um, I, first time I met you, I remember it clearly, uh, was at the 2010 Youth Work Summit. I see from right? your face that you don't remember it as clearly as I no, do. I really but don't. I, I remember you. Um, and, um, and, and I remember you, um, you were trying to organise the tweet up back when that was a thing. At the Youth Work Summit oh. in 2010. Oh, I so, hate tweet ups now. Oh, <laughs> That's really funny. Maybe that was formative in all of that. So, um, yeah. So, so you, you were there then. So, in the last seven years, and you've been involved in Youth Work for longer than that, you know, what, what, maybe, what is maybe one big change you've seen over that time that you find interesting, uh, encouraging, disappointing? What's the, the prevailing thing you think of when you think, what have I seen change over my time in youth ministry? I think the biggest change is that how quickly change now happens. I know that sounds like a paradox, but I think that youth culture used to have this kind of, I don't know, 18-month cycle-ish, mm. whereas now I think that change in young people's lives and pressure yeah. um, is constantly changing. I mean, the schools around us, the pressure they put on their young people to perform and achieve yeah. is actually ridiculous. And so kind of young people are changing much quicker and they're looking for new things much quicker and they're looking for kind of different highs and different ways to connect much quicker. Yeah. And so with that is huge and near on impossible. <laughs> yeah. um, 
but yeah, so I think change is changing quicker. <laughs> it's a good answer. Yeah, it's a very good answer. And I suppose we need to, that's a challenge for us, isn't it? How do we respond quick enough, not just to be reactionary, but actually responding to what young people's needs are and maybe how the stuff that we save up for them for older, actually we need to be introducing a whole lot younger. Mm-hmm. Vicky, we uh, thank you so much for joining us from all the way from beautiful Pool. Where it's sunny. There's do, no problem. Do you get to go on the beach very much? Is there, is there much beach? Oh, uh, do you know, I'm awful. I'm not really a beach person. <laughs> I hate sand. Oh, <laughs> it's a shame. I know, that's really awful, isn't it? My little boy loves it, so <laughs> yeah. I have to suck it up and do it. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for your time. We love you, Vicky, and uh, every blessing as you develop the, uh, the children's and youth ministry at the Beacon Church in Paul. And thank you for getting in touch with us. No problem. Thank Thanks, Rach. Thanks, Martin. Bye. Thank you. Bye. The Youthscape Podcast. So it was actually uh, great to talk about mm. some of that stuff. I think we should talk about it a bit more, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's some really interesting things that came out there. Uh, one, around this trend that we might be seeing around youth and children's ministry, and whether it's a good thing. Like I have often been guilty of saying, I, I'm not a fan of this. Uh, so, Vicky, if you're listening, sorry. Uh, I've often said, uh, you know, I'd rather keep the two disciplines separate. But, of course, we recognise that funding doesn't always allow for that. So so what do we think maybe are some of the positives of, of joining these things together? Well, I think it's really interesting hearing, Vicky, because I'm a little bit like you. I think you and I operate in, in that sense. We became youth workers in the 90s. It, and, and I think that there is lots of good to be said that actually there's ways of engaging young people, understanding the culture, understanding how you disciple young people that is vastly different to children. And I worry that combining both, you're not going to do both well. It's often my fear. Having said that, when you listen to someone like Vicky and you realise that actually she sees herself as pastoring the pastors, so Mm. she really is gathering these fantastic leaders across the church, different ages, who, in her words, don't always realise they're as good as they are, Mm. and her job is to train them and to release them. I think that model is absolutely brilliant, because surely that means that you're going to have those volunteering for the youth work and those with the children's work who have a real kind of affinity and ability to connect with that group. But you've also got somebody who's making sure the transitions yeah. and not these horrendous drop-off points. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mark DeVries uh, writes about this brilliantly in the book uh, Sustainable Youth Ministry, this idea that actually if you want to build a long-term ministry, you've got to get away from the idea that there is this all-singing, all-dancing superhero youth worker who is going to be able to do absolutely everything and build the faith of young people mm. and then and then this idea that if they then step away and leave and go and do something else mm. that won't massively sort of impact and decimate the work among young people if you have volunteers a, a, a group of volunteers who are coordinated by a senior figure like Vicky um, then you do probably increase the chances of long longevity mm. of interaction between the, the youth mm. leaders and the young people and there's this consistency that goes over time as she was saying you might you, if you're, if you're in a, I mean, most of us, we settle in the church, we stay there a long, long time. Mm. You could be involved with the same group of young people easily as a volunteer for 10, 12 years. It's very unusual that as an employed professional, you would be in that a church long? for that yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there are some positives. I see there are some positives. Yeah. I think the challenge is, like you said, combining those two very different disciplines. Yeah. And, I, and I worry, actually, Martin, that where sometimes it happens... It doesn't come from a position of actually we've got a vision for whole life discipleship from the cradle to the grave and this is a really great strategic and 
an envisioning way of doing it. I sometimes worry it comes more from a kind of a, we haven't got very many resources, we've got somebody with capacity to do a bit more, and it kind of comes out of that, and it, and it becomes, I, when I asked her, I said unfulfillable expectations, but I often worry that sometimes this just adds that sense of there's no way you're going to be able to do mm-hmm. either very well. So the emphasis will end up being one to the detriment of the other. Um, and that and that concerns me that is it just the next bandwagon as opposed to actually this is really great good practice yeah. and good discipleship model. Yeah, and actually the way Vicky describes it sounds very healthy. Like it is, yeah. What, what, I, what I worry about is, I mean, I, I think about the losing heart research that mm. uh, was published a while ago now, which said that um, most churches are much more confident about working with children than with young people. The challenging implication is that if you have someone who's responsible for youth and children's ministry, they're more likely to see the fruit and the parental pressure and the numbers in the children's end. And therefore, they're going to invest disproportionately in children's ministry, which means youth ministry gets a rawer deal. At the same time, they're seeing less fruit in youth ministry by implication. And so they're saying, gosh, this is harder. We're not sure how to do this. Therefore, all the action, all the volunteers, everything gets transferred to children's ministry. And you end up with a church that does children's ministry and very little youth ministry. And that's the worry of, yeah. of, of what could happen with this model. Yeah. I mean, stuff, what, what I found quite helpful listening to her, and, and I've chatted to a, somebody who is a youth coordinator for quite a large church in a big city, is both Lisa, um, Vicky and this person have, have identified that actually children and young people don't fit into the arbitrary drop-off points mm-hmm. that education or, you know, we say by the age of 11, they need to be doing X, Y, and Z. And I think anything that kind of frees us up to say, okay, there is a kind of a bracket of age, but actually let's step back from that sometimes. Mm. That can be limiting. And, and children age 7, 8, 9, if that's when they're beginning to engage in some stuff that we're not talking about until they're 15, we need to be kind of working together, children, across the disciplines mm. to work out what does discipleship look like for this generation of young people mm. that is age and stage appropriate but doesn't limit ourselves to our kind of quite tightly formed mm. youth and children's division. I think that's, yeah, it's quite key. But I, I, lo- I, I love... I love it as well that Vicky one day is doing the toddler's Bible study and then she's doing the football, but she has a really clear idea of where her skills lie. So she gets people involved in that who really bring a rich dimension. That's the key to good leadership anyway, isn't it? Yeah, and the great thing about that is if you've got an overview of everything going on, you can take a step back, you can see where your skills are, you can see where the gaps are, and then recruit volunteers who are specifically for a certain role. So if if you're a, a bod in a church, a random bod, in a church and someone walks up to you and says, could you volunteer for the youth ministry? You are predisposed, as we all know, to say no, because you're busy. But if someone says to you, I know you're really good at football. We're running a football uh, mm. outreach with some young people. Would you help us with it? Mm. Then I think you're immediately much more likely to say, oh yeah, that, I can see myself doing that because you've identified my skills and I can immediately see how I can help and how that's relevant mm. to me. Whereas if you just say, help me with the youth ministry, I'll be frightened yeah. and run away. She mentioned the numbers game, and and do do you think, Martin, that the numbers game is quite a significant part of this conversation? Because I think about my own church that I'm a volunteer youth worker at. We have a thriving children's work, Mm -hmm. and we would say we have a growing youth work. 
But there are a couple of the projects that we run where we only get, say, three or four to a particular thing that we do. And the question is, what is the tipping point number that this becomes a viable youth project and you don't slip into, oh, well, those young people could help out with the children. And I wonder if that's a little bit what happens, that the young people are seen as kind of additional helpers for the children. And it's not a deliberate, we want to train you up and raise up as leaders. It's kind of actually, we've only got three of you, so it doesn't feel like a viable group. So I think that's, for, for the churches like Vicky's that have people resources there are many 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 that don't have a whole bank and army of volunteers yeah. and actually the young people become the volunteers the children yeah, I think yeah. that we've got to watch yeah I we think do those, I yeah think be did you I mean I don't know if you really want me to answer that question but there's some very twee answers to you know what's the what's the actual number what's the number at which you have a viable youth is, I mean is that has, has research been done I don't, I don't, I don't think so but um, do you want to do some off the top of your head off, I mean that often how statistics have come into being as we know in the past so um, so I think probably you know a very um, proper and correct answer would be one if you've got one young person, yes, you can I'm invest in that you. one young person. I'm with you. And I think there's, some, there's something group, in that. Though, is it? But That's I think true. probably you've got a youth group at three. Okay. I think three is the yeah. number at which you can do something. I think three is the magic number. I think three is the magic number. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a different thing. But mm. I, do, I do think three is, is, is the point where you start to just have critical mass that you mm. can do something. Because... Because actually, with with three young people, you can have a meeting, you yeah. can have a discussion, Fantastic. you can have different points of view, you can go off and do an activity together. You know, I, I think I think at that point you've got a youth group, and there may be some people who actually haven't taken that on board. Have got Absolutely. three, have got three young people in their youth group, and I think like, they haven't um, got a youth yeah. group. Mm-hmm. Think they've got barely anyone. Yeah. But I've I've spoken at a youth group. I was asked to speak at a youth group once. These are the kind of gigs I get. I was asked to speak at a youth group once by a friend who hadn't told me how many young people were in the youth group. When I got there, deliberately hadn't yeah. told me. Yeah. And when I got there, there were three young wow. people. Wow. So I stormed out. <laughs> Uh, and I said, I don't speak for less than 100. No, no, I didn't. And I had yeah. an amazing time yeah, with these three kids. And I'd planned all these activities. I'd planned this um, game with uh, bacon-flavoured toothpaste, which <gasps> producer Rachel gave me. Bacon-flavoured yeah, toothpaste? Yeah, yeah, as a joke once. Um, and uh, and I had bacon-flavoured yeah. toothpaste, and I ran it with these three kids. And it was a brilliant experience. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? I'm, and I am thinking off the top of my head now, Rachel. You often accuse me of this. Uh, but, but do you know what? Um, they were impacted by the fact that I'd planned an activity for them that was the sort of thing you'd run with a bigger youth group. Because I think naturally what people did was they would plan something small and low-key. Or because they were anything. Or nothing, yeah. because there were only three of them. And when, when you know, and I bet the next week there were nine there looking for the guy with the bacon-flavoured toothpaste. Maybe not. But, oh, but still, that fantasy but can still, yeah, yeah. It can. And can but, we just say that what comes off the top of your head, Martin, is a, a kind of hair gel that sometimes yeah, there hasn't is a lot really there. melted in, but is pure gold. Thanks, Rach. You're very encouraging. But that's, that's an interesting conversation, isn't it? And I think that leads us really nicely into our game. Yay! Game, 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 game. So Matt, in our drop-in here at Youthscape, has been talking to the youth. And uh, he's heard what they've been talking about and the words they've been using to, to say it. So what is the word for the week? Word. 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 Today's word is Bora. 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 How are we spelling Bora? Thank you. B-O-R-A-H. I have no idea. Bora, 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 Bora. That's Bora. It sounds like a little bit of... 
praying in tongues, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to kind of qualify as well that our, uh, our local youth team don't just talk to our young people about the words that they use. We, no. There's some phenomenal... They do do youth, other youth work. Yeah, and they slightly roll their eyes at us and we're like, come on, give us another word in yeah. our ivory tower. Bless them. So grateful to them for doing this. So Bora, right, okay. Bora, I, I, I don't know. I feel that if I ever had a touch, I haven't got the touch now. You've really lost confidence I in recent lost weeks. lost confidence. I need to go and hang out with some young people and just say to them, do you like me? Because that's what we should always say to young people. Let's, uh, <laughs> do you, you're being very quiet and smug. Do you know I, what no, this I'm is? No, I'm not being quiet and smug. I'm hoping you're going to say something okay. uh, while I think. Bora. Um, I think it probably is, is some kind of word that comes from some slang in a different language. Oh, wow. I'm kind of thinking of Borat. You know, that kind of yeah, yeah, character. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm treading on eggshells here. I am reaching and treading on eggshells because I, I, but I think it's something like, um, either they are a bore, it's either they are a borer or it's bore, isn't it? That's kind of the two options. Either yeah. you use it to say about somebody or it's about Is somebody. it a verb? Is it an adjective yeah. or is it a noun? Is it a noun? Which one is it? Those are all the questions. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to scratch my nails down the board now. Oh, no one wants to hear that. No, they don't. Go on, tell us, Martin. I think uh, your Bora is your motorbike. <laughs> I, I know that. I know I've just... I'm, I'm, I'm heady with, oh, with, with delight at how well motorbikes. Last, last time went. Okay. And I, and I nailed it with dank. So, so I think if you've got a dank Bora, that means you've got a really great <laughs> motorbike. And I say that because we've got a brilliant motorbike-loving youth worker in our drop-in downstairs. So that's where I think it's come from. Hey, it's, it's Bora. Right, no, I think, so I think it's Bora. I think it's something that's shouted, and I think it's like a war something... Cry. Like no, like, um, they're an idiot. I think that's just... If, you, if someone says something, it's one of those just kind of, like, Bora. You're a Bora. You, don't, you wouldn't even say you are a. You'd just be like, Bora. I just put my... My hands, my mouth, and yeah. then that. Okay. That's what I think. All right, let's hear what it really means. The word Bora means knife. James had his Bora taken off him at school. Our team, uh, it's, it's gone really serious It has downstairs. gone serious, hasn't it? Yeah. What is happening downstairs? Yeah. So Bora is a knife. Yeah. When neither of us saw that coming. I know. It... Do, do you want that point because you no. had an object? because I had an object. <laughs> No, no, I can't. I can't claim a, a, a shadow of truth. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? A bore is a knife. Again, hopefully, as well as fun, uh, this is we an informative segment yeah. of the program because you can learn uh, important words in youth culture. Yes, very important words. I know where to go from there. So I am now gonna. We're gonna stop the podcast and we're gonna go and eat our lunch with a knife and a bora. No, a knife oh. and a bora. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I don't think there's anything more to do at this point, ladies and gentlemen. That's enough from us. The Youthscape podcast is always free, but if you'd like to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash youthscape.